Welcome to the Free to Be Show. I'm so excited to continue this month's series on the power play of love. Last week, I had an all-female panel, and this week, I have an all-male panel. And we will um, be going to the next layer in on what it looks like. So as you see, I'm focusing mostly within the theme of the power play of love on self-love. So a lot of times men, they're not very vocal about this and um, they may not even actually lean into it or know how to lean into it. But the most important part of, um, of self-love is, is being a stand for love. And I put together just the most dynamic panel I could think of. I was like, like, what men would be willing and able <laughs> to have this conversation? So the first person who came to mind was, of course, David Chambers. Um, welcome. He has hey. the Authentic Man podcast. And, and then I thought of Patrick. Hi there. Hi. Um, um, because he's a friend of mine and we have these conversations about self-awareness often. And then of course, James Roberts, we, we go way back. <laughs> and so um, this is my panel for today. So welcome gentlemen. And hey. I wanna ask you, um, first and foremost, what does it mean to you to be a stand for love? And I'll just go in the same order that I introduced you. So go ahead, David. Mm. Being a stand for love. I think it's, for me, it's like standing up for it, you know, and going for it. And when you are feeling that love, the love for yourself is like being a fierce opponent and, and supporting it, you know, not allowing it to fall by the wayside or allowing fear to get in the way. Because often, you know, fear and love are these kind of opposing poles that we're always battling against internally and externally in the world. So when we are a stand for love, it's like we are defending our love against any fears, any worries, any concerns. And then in turn, you know, when we stand up for love, especially for ourselves, we're standing up for ourselves. You know, we're standing up for our own sovereignty, for our own needs, our own desires, and putting those front and center in our, in our life. And because I love to talk on mute, um, <laughs> that, that's, that's so true. Thank you for sharing that, David. And Patrick, what does it mean for you? For me, it's it's about um, when you have two people um, to make this relationship really shine. You need to put yourself first, um, kind of like David said, um, to find yourself, to find what what you truly stand for uh, and what your boundaries are. Uh, to create those health, health boundaries so that together you can be two individuals uh, sharing the love instead of being, uh, it being uh, two people trying to impose uh, uh, our, our needs on the other one. Um, to stand for love is to, to create that safe space that the two individuals can be uh, as they are, deep within. Uh, don't have to pretend they can be all natural uh, and feel safe in, in the relationship. What a great word to bring into this conversation, you know, creating a safe space, right? Um, so often 
it, it is a little bit of a battleground, you know, I'm me, right? <laughs> and and to, to the diminishing of you and um, just to feel and create that safety. James. It's probably James. nice to go last on this one because then I can <laughs> and people have to speak before me. Uh, I think for me, obviously, obviously it's, I'll come at it from maybe a little bit of different tact of, I think for self-love, it's so easy for people to, when you describe to them when they talk badly about themselves, when it comes from another person, they kind of, they, they see your point of view, but when it's a case of being it towards yourself, it's very easy to, to get down that path of negativity quite easily because you're in, in sense and in, in like a tunnel vision of, okay, if I take a, a negative move or the wrong move, I'm going to talk negatively towards me. So it's taking that backward step, and maybe taking a bird's eye view of, okay, if I talk badly about myself uh, towards what you sense is an emotional circumstance, this can quickly spiral out of control. So you've got to take that step back of how much do I care about myself? And it, I do agree with what Patrick says, it's creating that boundary of self, of we all have businesses, it's separating ourselves from the circumstances and being able to look at the bigger picture. Yeah, I I love that. Um, that that self talk it does radiate out, right? Um, <laughs> especially when it's someone that's intimately, you know, involved with you, and they feel your vibration. You know, they almost feel your thoughts, and so being your own internal love bubble, right? Um, and I, I think, you know, when I think of relationship, I think of, you know, two, basically two whole love bubbles, right? That they don't even have to intersect. They can just be two bubbles bouncing together, you know, to the effervescence of each other. I see you like, you know, like <laughs> really agreeing, David, tell me more. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I really see relationship when we're in relationship is like if you're two whole people and we come together, like we have energy, right? And we feed into each other and not to be feeding off each other constantly, you know? It's like to be feeding to each other's mission, into, into each other's being. Like a lot of people end up in quite dysfunctional relationship because there's like, it's real overlapping. There's like a, a controlling that's trying to happen. One person's trying to control the other, or there's like codependency where they, they, they're so interlinked that they can't move independently as independent beings. And both those kind of structures, they really diminish the level of energy that we can bring to relationships. So when we are, as you said, two love bubbles, like whole loving ourselves and we come together, it's like, it's, it's like the infinity side to me, you know, it's like we're flowing energy into each other. We're flowing love to each other because we're resourcing ourselves. We're looking at, you know, what do I need? How, how do I get the love that I need? Not just in a relationship, but outside of life or to, you know, on my own, like in some of the work I do with men, it's like even just going, what is self-love? You know, how can I give myself love every day? Like, is it respecting the fact that I need to meditate every day and giving myself the time to do that? Or, you know, you know, men don't always do these sorts of things. Like, you know, take themselves for a massage because it makes them feel good. You know, it makes them feel like they matter. It's like that message we send to ourselves that I matter to me, you know, instead of waiting for someone else to tell us we matter to them. 
Yeah. Yeah. And as I'm listening to you, um, I'm thinking about that too. Like men, they really don't publish anyway. I'm sure they do it, right? They don't publish their self-care days, you know, or they're, they don't even talk about their self-nurturing or that they require it, you know? Um, and I, I'm also wondering, have you had any, like in your journey towards this, have you had any feedback that you're self-centered or you're arrogant because you care about yourself too much? Yeah, I can go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, I, I, um, I heard this about um, when, when you're going to a relationship, um, I heard a lady t t uh, telling me, don't you need to, um, to put yourself uh, to the side uh, when you're going to a relationship? You know, like... Uh, you need to to blend together uh, to create this uh, togetherness, and um, and then uh, after some time, when when you're like secure in the relationship, then you can like take out yourself and and be more yourself. Uh, I asked her for how long uh, would you be like not yourself? Uh, what happens when you, after one, two, three years, become yourself? Again, what happens to the relationship? I mean, so so I think a lot of people for for me it's been a journey to really put myself first. And um, what I noticed it is when I, when I start to do that, um, there is no one really reacting because <clears throat> it's not like being egoistic. It's 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 about uh, being being honest and true to yourself, and um, and then the people around you. They can see who you really are, and they can act uh, accordingly. Instead of you being an, an act, and they and they have to interpret what you really mean, who you really are. So right, yeah. So it helps you with your communication, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Instead of you being like a reactionary or a mirror of them, you know, it allows you to really just bring your whole self and be fully present with them which exactly. is a completely different dynamic yeah yeah james would you like to weigh in on that i think for me obviously we've got to go back uh, some some time for that of being called uh things like that because well david and patrick don't know that but obviously you know me a little bit longer i, I was laughing for so long to to get to those heights in sporting world you have to be selfish you have to be um to a certain extent tunnel vision um be to be able to be successful because ultimately probably from the outside it's viewed as selfish it's narrow-minded and, and and it's all for you but i looked at it as well you either come along for the ride or you get out of the way. So I'm giving I'm giving you a choice, an ultimatum to some extent, to to, to come with me, or get out of the way because you you pull me in the wrong direction. So I've probably probably had to dip more into that now in in, in my current day to day uh, life of being a bit nostalgic and utilizing some character traits of the strengths uh, to be able to go well. People want. Um, to be more motivated, to have better willpower, and to think like, oh, okay, let me dip into something that was, I think, is no big deal, uh, but it's for other people, it's very much a big achievement. 
that's where it comes from. It's I had a focus to be able to to succeed, and that was a sacrifice to some extent to be able to get there. Right. So you you really focused on your building up your strengths, um, and for you that that was your your love bubble, I guess. And um, it, it appears, though, that the people that in that part of your life, they were not um, their own love bubble. And so they didn't, you know, they it wasn't a complimentary situation, it sounds like. You know what well, I mean? It's a judgment that people have of, of be it of, it could be your passion, your mission, however you want to call it, because maybe they failed at it in the past of i don't know running a business oh it can't be achieved why would you want to do that it, it it's it, the only reason they're doing that is because maybe they haven't got the foresight to be able to see that to be coming to fruition so they want to create a, an image where okay it's not reality for me so let me make it a, a reality for you and i think Obviously, this happens, men and women, adolescents comes along and we start believing into the things like that. Whereas we were, we still acted like kids, our dreams are what they are. It's We've got this imagination to be creative and to think very, very big. And no matter what somebody says, you, you may, may, may might take the knock and say, well, why can't it be achieved? But I think when you get to a certain age and you hear it enough, you start believing to that fact of, okay, maybe they're right. Maybe uh, I can't make this a success. And I obviously coach my community on, if you haven't got those foundations to be able to push back and challenge the, those thoughts and beliefs, you're, you're going to struggle because that's your normality. So why would you not uh, kind of take especially maybe family members because they've got your your best intentions at heart and they care about you so you won't push back and for, for i think for most people it's trying to coach them well it's okay to push back they're going to care about you regardless of decision that you make and you learn more from failing than you do from succeeding so why why can't you take that initial step into entrepreneurship why can't you do i don't know yeah, to, you can still be to, you. Yeah. It's still you're still ultimately you're gonna do, you're gonna you're gonna evolve as an individual, but you're still you. Yeah, I love that. What um, what were you thinking, David? I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just this. You know, when other people have their opinions of what's possible and not possible for you, it's sometimes to really stop and be like, mm, "I get it. It's not about me." This is about you and your reality and your experience. And, you know, because often we hear people tell us like, oh, no, you shouldn't do that thing. And we take it pretty personally. We're like, oh, you know, why are you saying that to me? You know, we get into, we start to move into this other energy of like anger and frustration towards them. But if we actually flip a little bit and go, oh, wait, they're telling me that they don't believe this is possible for them in their reality. It's like we can step into a place of like compassion and curiosity and be like, ah, I get it. You don't believe that that's possible for you. Like, you know, what happened to you? 
You know, what happened in your life that you believe that this isn't possible? And when we kind of tackle people from that way, it's still challenging, but it actually feels a lot softer for people to receive that we can actually help them grow as, as well and shift the way that they relate in their own lives as well as, you know, give ourselves some space to, to grow as well. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So um, it goes back to communication. Really, ultimately, that's what I'm hearing, right? Um, we have our own mindset. Other people have their mindset. But then communicating that effectively um, is really what it's all about. We will pause here to a commercial break and come right back and talk about um, what you had to do to free yourself to, to be who you are today. I'm your host, Cordelia Gaffar, the Emotions Opener. Welcome to the Free to Be Show. Do you remember when you were a young girl, joyful, playful, and carefree? Even into your young adulthood, you were very confident and showed up very present and powerful. Yet somehow, when your role changed, you gave up your power the powers that be. Join me on an exploration of how the inward shows up in our collective consciousness. Are you taking the time to replenish yourself, body, mind, and soul? Are you enjoying the beauty of the full human experience? Are you free? Let's see. Okay, welcome back. So for those of you who are just joining us, this is the uh, men's panel on being a stand for love and being single. We've talked about, they, they shared on what it is to, what it means to them to be a stand for love. And now we're going to dive into what you had to do to free yourself to be who you are today. Let's begin with you, Patrick. Yeah, I've done, I've done a lot. My, my journey is, is long. Uh, <clears throat> and maybe 20 years ago, I, I started with um, uh, turning that negative voice uh, inside me uh, to, to uh, 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 frankly tell it to, to shut up and, to, and not to listen to my, my negative thoughts. Um, that was the beginning. And then it slowly turned. Um, for me, being able to listen outwards, I need to turn off that negativity inside. So, um, and I started to look out uh, to people and to um, to be more like um, listening to to what they interpreted from me and how I could change myself uh, and see in their eyes uh, how their view of me changed. Uh, people that before uh, couldn't uh, stand me. I didn't understand why, but after turning my, my inside voice to a positive one, uh, I started to notice difference in, in their actions towards me. So, and it, and it moved on. Um, for, from every relationship I've learned that uh, as, as I have been feeling better inside, uh, each relationship has, has been improving uh, that's been a lot of, of codependency like David talked about but for each relationship uh, it was less and less like that and and um, I noticed that if I started to 
to look at the at the world like in, in like in opportunities instead of like uh, breaking uh, paths and, and obstacles uh, it started to open up opportunities also uh, in life as in relationships yeah yeah it's the, again that's the inner conversation that we're having in our minds yeah. um, to help us you know it's how we radiate out into the world yeah really it really is yeah um david would you like to go next yeah yeah um like patrick it's a long journey you know to start to release oneself from the shackles of of the world in many ways you know because the world places so many assumptions and opinions upon us before we even realize that that's what's occurring you know we that our parents um be that our families, be that the, the culture we live in. You know, I think one of the, the first parts of my journey was to look at my relationship with my parents and like, how would that have formed? What were my opinions of them? And start to kind of challenge those and actually look at them with a, a level of compassion. And, you know, I think a big step for me was realizing that no one gave them a book. No one gave them a manual of how to parent. So any anger that I felt towards them as parents was very much because they just did the best they could. And when I started to accept that, it was a big thing in releasing myself from the shackles of anger and, and annoyance towards, towards my, my parents. And I think there's also a thing in the step before that was realizing that I can change. Because I think sometimes we think we're in like this fixed mindset. We, we can't change our circumstances. We can't change the things about us. But realizing that we are malleable, that our brains can change the way they think, the way they react. It's like a really important thing to just sit and accept and go, wow, yeah, I can change my life. I have the power to do that. Because when we do that, it's like we suddenly have this agency to, to, to make a difference, to, to, you know, make change in our life, meaningful change that matters to us. Um, I think there's a big part for me around stillness, like stilling the mind, bringing stillness to my mind through practices like meditation um, observing my own thoughts and my own emotions as well as connecting to my emotions but also is like learning to control our urges because we have all these urges whether they're sexual urges or financial urges whatever it is is learning to kind of balance and be be with those and not have to constantly be reacting to them and learning to how are we choosing to respond because when those urges are no longer controlling us again that severs a lot of shackles that gives us a lot of personal freedom and personal um, leadership as well i love that you brought up emotions that is so great you know especially anger that is you know many people experience anger and i'm sure men more so I, i'm gonna say men more so than women i don't care what people think about that it's my show <laughs> <laughs> because you have so many things coming at you. Like you said, you know, it's like your parents raise you in a certain way with certain expectations. And then society is like, be a man. Like, what is that? You know, and then you can't have emotions and heaven forbid you publish that you meditate and like tune in, you know, it's like, yeah, it's a lot, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it stresses a person out. So um, to free yourself and set that all aside and say, look, let me just go back to the beginning. In the beginning, my parents did this to me and they, you know, they were the people that were um, putting the societal pressures on me. And I was just being a boy, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot. And yeah. I'm sure, James, you really experienced that, you know, as an Olympian, you know, 
how about that? You had the passion for the sports that you, you know, competed internationally in, but at the same time, I'm sure there had to have been other expectations put on top of that. Well, I think with that, Claudia, uh, I'll use my personal story and, and not generalize. Uh, I obviously put a suit of armor on because it was deemed to be that is how you had to show up in, in that environment to not be taken advantage of from a competitive standpoint. But coming back to the point that Patrick mentioned earlier on, I went away from me as me, me, me and James. I was quite an emotive uh, person with my family, but my mom, my aunt, my grandmother who raised me. I went away from that when I went into sport because uh, I had to deal with a lot of things throughout that, that tenure career. And when I came out the other side, um, obviously they were quite small things at the time and, and I let them get bigger and bigger and swept them under the carpet. They're huge things to deal with uh, after I retired. And once I went to the coaching space, it was more of the observation of other people of, oh, we can't work with you, James, because you're on this mountaintop that I'd not created. It was this ideology that uh, because of whatever reason, because I was willing to, willing to push myself uh, through the boundaries of what's physically possible, they've now put me on this mountaintop that's not attainable. So for me, to it, it was frustrating at times because like, well, you've created this divide and this void that doesn't exist. How do I close the gap so I'm more relatable to the ordinary man in the street? So for me, it was the willingness to become more vulnerable and to talk about maybe uh, some of the failures that I'd, I'd, I'd faced, um, some of the adversity of being born with a disability and talk about maybe the frailties of probably the opposite of the male bravado of kind of go, well, let's dip into what is a sense in a female uh, energy and to showcase, well, this is what I was able to do in spite of the setbacks. And, and it, little by little, people have kind of come to me and said, oh, you, you're very motivational, very special, in a different way. And for me, that's very uh, inspiring. And it probably gives me the purpose to get up every single day and show up is, is okay, I've shown you vulnerability, how I've overcome it and how I've come out the other side. And I know some people have said to me, well, the energy used in sport of, you know, trying to prove people wrong, it works. I've said, no, no, no. There's going to come a point where in the ordinary life, that's not going to serve you. If you dip into too much dark energy day in, day out, you're going to be a very, very miserable person, very angry. I get why people want to do it because it's quick action of, yeah, you'll be able to go from A, a to B, as quickly as possible, but where I wanted to gain more understanding of it, and I've, I've got my peers to thank for this, is a willingness to communicate with myself first, and then I can commu communicate back better externally. Yeah. I, I love that you brought vulnerability into the conversation, you know, because again, this is another word that we don't use when we're talking, you know, about men, right? Um, what, what was, what is it um, to be vulnerable as a man and, and sharing that openly, you know, it sounds like for you, James, it was very freeing. Um, like for you, Patrick, has that been freeing for you as well? 
Yeah, uh, like I said, it's it's about the environment you're you're in, and and uh, the environment I was in in ordinary life. Um, um, people looked at me like uh, the guy, emotional guy, um, the deep one, the th strange one. Um, you know what? It, what? What is he talking about? But um, when I turned to to a different environment, uh, which I could do when I started to feel well, I could uh, choose my environment, and and I chose the environment that I wanted to be in, uh, because I took control of my of my, of my life, and then I started to get support instead, and uh, people started to appreciate my thoughts. I looked at me like I'm wise. Uh, I, suddenly, I started to hear that you're so um, you have such, such wisdom about life. Uh, you view things differently. So I, I I searched for another environment and and found the support. So it's like I said to James uh, when I heard James speak. It's like I, I came to think of this uh, sentence uh, when you say some something to someone. Uh, it's important to think first: Is it true? Uh, uh, is it necessary and um, is it nice? <clears throat> so uh, a lot of people don't think about how how they, it will uh, how the effect will be, uh, like parents and and different people in the surrounding. Um, so so we were so quick at at uh, pulling each other down uh, instead of thinking, okay, we need to think of what's best for him or her and to support that. Yeah, and it also sounds like um, you can choose uh, to what you're going to accept, what inputs you're going to allow um, to be part yeah. of who you are now, as exactly. opposed to before you were just like letting all those projections in. Was Did I break up for a minute there? Yeah. Or were you hearing me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was like what you, uh, what you said there. Um, to be able to choose, uh, it's about uh, you uh, realizing you have a value and uh, that you don't have to take anything uh, from from everything from everyone uh, that you can choose. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so important. I know this is a lot of the work that you do with men too, David. So, yeah, share your thoughts. Yeah, I think it's... Um... As Patrick said, is we we have a choice, you know, we have value as well. You know, often as men, we are consciously or subconsciously taught that our value is in what we produce, in what we do, you know. So we're always out in the world, you know, producing, whether that's making money, that's winning things, that's trying to be successful because we think that's our only value. But so remember that as, as men, as in human beings, we inherently have value. So we inherently have things that we can, you know, okay. as Patrick said, you just that again, David. Let's like, you just dropped like a major gem. Go back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that yeah, part. As, yeah. As human beings, we, you know, we inherently have value. We don't have to do something to be value. We, we don't have to be, we don't have to um, produce something or create something to be a value to the world. You know, just because I make a million pounds, right? It doesn't make me more valuable as a human being compared to someone who's making, I don't know, 20 pounds, right? 
we kind of locked in this idea that, oh, because that person, they're, they're more, they're better. It's just like, no, we're all human beings. We still, we have value on this earth. We have things we deserve. We can, we can deserve love. We can, you know, we can push back on um, negativity from people around us in our lives. We can uh, strive for the best relationships we want. You know, all these things as human beings, we kind of inherently have value for. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I love that you brought that into the mix because when we think about the power play of love, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about, um, I have more value than you. And, you know, it, it's almost like a battleground. It's a battlefield instead of common ground, right? Let's see where we can support each other. You have these strengths, I have these strengths, you know, and, um, and together, look what we bring to the world, you know? Um, I want to talk a little bit, you know, you're making me think about how you and Asa created your relationship, you know? Um, so, so let's talk about that a little bit. And yeah, so ladies, if you guys thought that all of these men are single, they're not. Some of them actually have partners. So sorry to break your hearts. Um, <laughs> um, but let's talk about from a space of open communication and vulnerability, uh, creating relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I come together with my partner, we we weren't even trying to create a relationship, <laughs> you know? That's what we I love just... about your story. <laughs> <laughs> we were just two people. Go on. We're just two people who met each other and we're like, oh, you're cool. You're fun. I'm enjoy I enjoy talking to you. Let's hang out some more. Let me keep showing up as me. Let me keep sharing who I am and what's in my heart in any given moment. Like I'm enjoying, you know, there would be times where we'd be like, we're really enjoying like hanging out together. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it too. Cool. So we do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. And equally, there would be times where fears would come up, you know, as we got to know each other better, fears around relationship, fears around connecting with someone else and what that meant. And we would, again, we would talk about them and it would be welcome. And it wouldn't be a case of, we would own what we had to say, owning our fears. So it's like, I'm afraid of this thing, but it's not about, not because of you, it's because I have this fear. And when we come from that space, it's like, as you said at the beginning, it's like we're two whole human beings and we can relate to each other as that. Whereas if we, you know, start looking at each other as broken, as like, oh, you need me to fix you. You need me to reach into your bubble and sort some stuff out there. It all gets very messy. And we get into this kind of, we get into like one up, one down, you know, who's has more power in this and stuff like that. And it's like looking at each other as whole human beings and communicating with each other as like, you're a whole human being you can deal with your life yourself and everything that's going on, but I'm here as a support. I will support you and be here for you, but I don't need to fix you in any single way at all. Yeah. I love that part. And Patrick, you want to weigh in on that? Yeah. I've uh, just met this amazing woman here on Gotland. And, um, and like uh, David said, um, she very early in, in the relationship told me I'm on my, my journey and uh, I want to do it on my own. I don't want uh, you to help me. Um, and I said, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I'd love you <laughs> to do it for yourself because I'm not here to help. I'm, I'm here to, to share the journey with you. Um, she, uh, she said to me, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm, I'm ready for a relationship. Uh, 
I need to find uh, where I am, who I am first. And I said, I want to be there with you on the journey. Um, I want to get to know you together with you and, and uh, to challenge you, um, uh, but also uh, support you in, in your journey. I want to see all the cracks and flaws because that's what's make you even more beautiful. And, um, yeah. and, and to, to like, um, we have that kind of, of uh, communication that it's, it's uh, where you come from. Uh, it's about the perception. So when we talk to each other, it's, it's from a point of view that we don't tell each other things uh, or, or like challenge each other from a point of view to like David said earlier to control but instead to understand and to, to be able to clear that out of there and, and to be able to really understand what the other person is going through. So, so that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I, I love that for both of you. And I love that you're bringing that energy into the collective consciousness because, you know, when we have more relationships that are built on mutual respect and, you know, honoring the cracks and flaws right and each person and allowing them to you know be on their journey and just like yeah i'm a witness to that you yeah. know I'm with, I'm with you yeah mm -hmm. that that just that's going to change the energy in the world and um i know for me and james i think are you still single like for for me like i'm totally in my you know i'm on my journey and I'm creating my love bubble. I'm creating my wholeness. And, you know, what, why don't you weigh on that for the, the man's side, James? I think, and expanding on what I said about, earlier about the vulnerability, is, is that openness to, to share with people that come in to kind of go, well, this is why I do certain things, be it be a little bit more closed off because of past, pains and, and things like that is is i was open to be curious of okay what well, well, a person's willing to become want to know more about me let me be open to kind of go well let me dip into that and say well okay is it rational is it true is it what uh, what what am i hiding away by not showing up fully is, is it, it was quite um invigorating to be able to do that because it'd be to kind of showcase to another individual well, this is why based on past um viewpoints of how i view for circumstances be it towards my father or uh to my family and why ultimately uh you scared of of, of rejection is is because you don't want to get hurt at the end of the day. So you're going to, you're going to close yourself off from others and probably from yourself deep down because you've got that unwillingness to share with other people. So I was um, challenged well, almost a year ago by my coach uh, at the time to be more communicative, communicative uh, because that the personal side of my life, I wasn't willing to share with other people because ultimately well how does that relate to my business how does that affect my business but i think where the pandemic is showcased to that if if all of my attention and focus is either in to do with my family or my business 
after a while that's going to be very draining because ultimately i've got nobody to be able to bounce things off from another aspect of you know love and i can be able to go off another direction and put uh, family problems or business problems to one side and go okay it's, i can't control that at this problem in time that's okay and to be able to showcase that to another individual they they had a deeper understanding okay that's why you do it and they were I won't say surprised, but maybe shocked to be to see a male to be so open to go. Okay, I'm not going to hide away from the fact that I'm not showing up 100%, but I'm going to give you the validation as to why I'm doing it, and you make the decision if you want to carry on with the conversation. And ultimately, did, but I got a greater understanding of being able to communicate with myself. It's like, well, they want to show up for me. Let me gain a greater understanding of why I'm doing that. Yeah. And, and what I'm hearing overwhelmingly is like, it's about the power play within, right? Um, you have to have that willingness within yourself to change your own consciousness and to show up differently, to be communicative, to be vulnerable. And, um, and then also to avoid your own lopsidedness, right? Um, because we can't put all our energy in one side than the other and that that leads me to think about the you know the divine masculine and divine feminine within each of us you know just because you're a man doesn't mean that you're all masculine energy you know it, it what i'm hearing also in what you're saying james is is you were willing to um i guess welcome that feminine side of you you know that that openness more um for a change and that's that's something that a lot of men they they shy away from i mean i i know that patrick and david you see that probably a lot in your work um who wants to speak to that <laughs> go ahead david <laughs> <laughs> okay well, no, yeah <laughs> yeah you know we're trying to be <laughs> polite here um yeah you know because the message we get overwhelmingly from the world for most men is like be more masculine right and not in a you know such a, a divine masculine or a more whole masculine we, we're shown this very narrow band which you know be it what we call toxic masculinity or the man box or whatever we're shown these are behave these are the small amount of behaviors that are allowable as a man you know like crying nope that is not an allowable behavior don't go and do that you know talking about how you're feeling if it's not anger or lust you know those are the two emotions men are allowed to you know openly have lust and anger you know we're like if a man's lustful or angry we're like ah he's a man you know but like, God forbid he's sad in front of a room of people or he is joyful. Like, how often do you see a man openly really joyful and happy? You know, maybe in sport we kind of allow it, you know, at times. But it's like, so it's when men can come into this wholeness of being like, oh, there's this part of me that is soft and tender and gentle that wants to be held and wants to be nourished and wants to dance and be playful, you know, even in that kind of more um, childlike way of being. But there's also parts of me that is that are is deeply intuitive. And it's like nourishing those more, you know, so-called feminine aspects of ourselves 
And a lot of what I say, I've been saying this a lot recently, is like when as men we can start to nurture those feminine aspects, those the 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 nurturing, the the love, the the trust, the intuition, you know, even self-assurance and diversity, it allows the capacity of our masculine energy to increase. It gives us a larger expansive nature. So we can then go into the world and create more of what we want to do. We can do the more, you know, create businesses and create um um, amazing families or uh, for some reason came to me is like you know great companies or social endeavors we have more capacity because we have more capacity to feel and when we can feel more we can feel more love more joy and that really propels us to create more so i see this as like a you know i could be so cliche with a yin and yang but it's like it's, it's two halves of a whole person and as one grows it supports the other in growing and, you know, it just enables us to be more whole men, more connected men, more, um, more loving men as well. Yeah. yeah I'm thinking of, of a, <clears throat> the, if, if you generalize it, I mean, for, for masculinity, it's, it's a lot about like taking action and having control. And for, for the feminine, feminine side, um, is to nourish and take care. So, um, <clears throat> That I can see in myself. I'm, I have a lot of feminine energy in me, but even I, um, I like to understand. I like to know. I like to do things. I want to take action when I hear a problem. Um, uh, when a female tells me a problem, I want to solve it, and and the woman instead just need to be listened to. Uh, so, and and in in doing that, uh, you need to understand each other, and and to like like David said to mix, mix that and to, to open up. Um, and, and to, uh, to, uh, for me, pure masculinity is, is, uh, to have the control, uh, of yourself to, to guide yourself, to show that you're, you're capable of taking, taking on difficult things, emotions and, and, uh, react accordingly and, and to allow the, the emotions, uh, both from the outside and the inside. So, um, for me, it's it's about all, uh, always come back to to being secure in yourself. Um, that both masculine and feminine. But if men would would could be more like James said, more um, vulnerable uh, and and open. Uh, it's not just easier to find the right people uh, to be with, uh, but also to find the right love. Because who would who who can see you? If you, if you don't show yourself uh, yeah. like you are from within. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I love that we're diving into emotions more, you know, um, in this conversation. And it's, it's so important to allow the joy even outside of uh, something that's expected to be joyful about. Right. Um, it's okay if you like win a, a football match, right? Or if you, you know, win a basketball match, but heaven forbid that you're joyful just because you're joyful. Oh my gosh, like men don't do that, you know? And heaven forbid, like you're sad just because you're sad. You can't be sad because you, you know, missed a, you, you lost a match, but you have to, you can, you know, be openly expressing, you know what? I'm not only sad, but I'm like depressed, you know? and and allowing that so so here's my view on depression though i feel like it's a 
a necessary process for the elevation of self, right? So like you have to um, allow yourself to, to get to a certain level of, you know, um, of just willingness to, to dive deeper and see what's in there. And we call that depression, right? Um, but I, I, I dare to say that it's like the opposite. It, it's, it's kind of like the unlayering of suppression, right? Because we're all being suppressed or repressed all the time. But instead, we're just allowing ourselves to just examine what are all these things that are being layered on top of us that we just don't want to deal with anymore. Mm. And I know like me and you, James, on a couple of, I think on yours and my podcast, the, you, the Mindset podcast, we had more of this discussion about depression going deeper into that, right? Or was it my podcast? I can't remember. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, you know, allowing yourself to openly have that conversation with, with your family and with your community about depression is um, how, how did that land with people when you did that? I was, I was open to talk about every emotion. I think because I was willing to use Facebook uh, in a, a different perspective than is normal of kind of use it more as a journal of, because it's going to showcase to me a year time, two years and, and so on of, I was nonchalant to some extent. I didn't care what the what anybody was going to think about. It. I'm going to use it to be able to show progress to myself of how far I've been been able to move from what is a diagnosis. At the end of the day, it's it's not um, set in stone. Um, I did probably I'd probably challenge it, and I I've used it uh, when people have come to me and said I'm depressed. It's like, well there's nothing wrong with the state of depression being low uh, uh i think probably the amount of people that are around the globe at the moment due to the pandemic i could not been able to do the things that they want to do at a given time that's all right but to be able to distinguish between uh, a state and a, a clinical diagnosis is two different things so i was being able to showcase to people it's okay to be in a state because that's something that if you want to change it is pretty quick meditation mindfulness you've got so many t resources and tools to be able to to change it but where i've um taken upon myself more within my own uh, community and group on facebook is to give the people not the how but the why and give reasons well this is why this is occurring of you being anxious being depressed is i don't know if we use perfectionism as of we're talking about masculinity a man can only be in a certain state based on societal pressures that's not fair because you're you're living you're trying to live up to a standard that's not set by you so to come back to the depressive state well that's going to make you feel like crap i'm not living up to the expectation of society around me, uh, family viewpoints of me. To me, you're gonna feel you're gonna feel like garbage, uh, and yeah. your state 
is quickly going to diminish. You know, self-esteem is going to go down, self-confidence, uh, self-doubt is going to go up, self-loathing, negative thoughts are going to go up. So it's so easily to get into that state of depression because of somebody else's perspective on, on you. So if you have a... So it's like you're bringing to light the whole, you know, the, the whole fact package. That, yeah, the to give the people as to, okay, you might come to me. Everybody wants the how. It doesn't matter if it's fitness, nutrition, mindset. I want the, I want the solution. I want to get rid of the problem. I don't want to understand the problem, and I can put my hand up and I do it occasionally as well. <laughs> it happens. Um, I'm, I'm very. Uh, I've, I, I can rationalize any problem which is my undoing because I will gloss over a problem. We've answered a little bit. So I think it's solved. Here's the answer to the, to get out of that state. Thus I'm, I'm aware of the problem, but I don't want to deal with it fully. I want, I'm, I'm not willing to embrace fully a greater understanding of it. So if it did occur again, I've got the tool set to be able to, to challenge. I don't need anybody else, but because of, I think as who we are as human beings, as David put it, we're quite lazy. I want to find the easiest solution pro possible to get out of a state. So mindset is, is, is probably the easiest one to be able to, to, to use that as an example, because people don't want to be in a state of sadness don't want to be depressed. Don't want to be anxious. You need anxiety to to survive. You, you wouldn't do anything if you didn't. You were anxious, and you didn't have an arouse arousal level to be able to comprehend. Well, this might I could get for for all case and purposes. I could get run down any time of the day, but if I thought of that every single day, I wouldn't cross the road. But <laughs> everybody doesn't. Bar one person, because I did bring it up, they analysed when things went right. Most people don't do that. They won't an analyse, well, I feel joyous, happy, content. Oh, good. Let's carry on about normal. But we'll overanalyze the other alternative of sadness because it's like, well, I don't want to be in that state, so let me try and avoid it, uh, or some of the others. Uh, avoidance is probably the... Yeah, that's the number one. People know that. Let me go and do something else so I can detach myself from the problem and then I forget about it. And then, obviously, all of us know in this room, that's that, that thing's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So why not want to have an understanding and solve it when it's minuscule as opposed to most people will wait till the last resort and they hit rock bottom. And the thing is huge. And, mm -hmm. the, and the task <laughs> for them to take to be able to do that is very uncomfortable. So for me, coming back to your initial question, uh, Cordelia, about the depression or the anxiety, is I was willing to showcase the journey. But that was more for me because then I can go look back. Go, okay, you were here. Look where you've got to. And then it's a reminder when things do go awry of, hey, it's not circumstances aren't as bad as that. And, okay, 
at that particular time I was in a toxic environment of, of education of being working working in a school that's very very that's not very helpful because you may deem you get the support but you're getting it from both sides getting it from the students and you get it from the hierarchy thus you're never going to win so once I've removed myself removed myself from that environment it's a little bit easier to be able to when problems arise okay how do i want to respond to that of being showcased and having that allowance for other people to say well you're okay with said emotion but you react in this way when you have a setback you 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 respond in frustration anger um overwhelm which is kind of right so Have any of you, have any of the other of you had any issues with depression? And I know it's like, we're like at the end of the hour, so I don't really want to go into this deeply, but it's just like, you know, as men dealing with depression, again, this is something that, you know, we don't want to be open about, but it is a necessary conversation. So what I like to do at the end of the show, though, <laughs> we've talked about a lot of different things, you know, ranging from being a stand for love, what it is to have self-love, how to be individual whole people and showing up powerfully, you know, um, in a relationship or just within yourself. Um, what is the one golden word that, um, that sums up for you what we talked about today, David? Hmm. One word. Uh, I think what really comes to me is openness. Mm. You know, on so many levels, from so many places. But the, the one word that's really consistent that runs through so much of the conversation is openness. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, sharing. I would like to say, yeah. Thank you, James. I'd say character building. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> I thought I created yeah. that word. Don't take my word. <laughs> okay. Um, and I will just say um, divine masculine. That's what you all represent to me. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for my viewers and listeners. Um, sharing is loving. So share this with another heart and another soul. Until next week, be free. Thank you for joining the conversation. Now take the time to reflect, introspect, and implement at least one action. Be in your body, be in your soul, be in your spirit. You know, be free. Until next week.